There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Part one of this week four preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over and a triple header of fun is upon us this week, guys. Football in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. The NBA Finals kick off tomorrow, or today actually, on Wednesday. MLB playoffs are in full swing. Yay, Cubbies! Already in an 0-1 hole. Fantastic. You might now you might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book expert. And my guest this week from the Colts Brawl podcast, Jacob Mummert, is here to help us preview this very interesting matchup uh, between the Bears uh, and the Colts on Sunday. Um, as I mentioned, uh, you'll hear me mention in the interview, this is the first team that we've played this year that actually has a victory already. We've played three winless teams up to this point, so uh, they actually have a win under their belt. In fact, they have two, two impressive wins, actually. A very good win uh, two weeks ago against the Vikings, and then last week against the worst team in the NFL, they treated them like the worst game in the NFL, 36-7 to thrashing uh, of the New York Jets, and they're coming into Soldier Field on Sunday looking to continue what they've done after stumbling week one against the Jaguars. Uh, they've been on a roll, and uh, it's a very interesting team that we have coming in on Sunday. Had a lot of fun talking to uh, to Jacob uh, this week and um, really looking forward to this matchup. So let's go ahead and get to it. It's the week four preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Myself and Jacob Mummert previewing Bears Colts. Our beloved Chicago Bears close out the first quarter of 2020 back at home in Soldier Field, this time welcoming the Indianapolis Colts into town. Uh, And actually, it's our first matchup of the season with a team that actually has a win under its belt. We face three winless teams thus far. The Colts, on the other hand, two and one. And here to help us preview this matchup between the three and O Bears and the two and one Colts from the Colts Brawl podcast, Jacob Mummert. How are we doing, Jacob? Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm always excited to, to talk about my hometown team. Absolutely. And, you know, just to let you know, to kind of put this out there, uh, we were talking briefly before we got started. Uh, let me send my, my buddy of mine that knows Mike Freeman that you worked with uh, in school. Um, he is a huge diehard Colts fan and, in fact, had season tickets up until like a year or two ago to Lucas oh, wow. Oil. So I've actually been to Lucas Oil more than I've been to the new Soldier Field ever since okay. they rebuilt it. Never been there. 2003, haven't made it out there. Only because it's like $400 a seat, but you know yeah. that, that might have something to do with it. I'm just saying. But um, 
And I'm saying that because when we were in college together, this was early 2000s, the Bears were atrocious, uh, aside from that miracle year in 2001 where they went 13-3. and three. But pretty much any t- as long as I've known my buddy Simmons, the Bears have been terrible, and the Colts had Peyton Manning, so they were the opposite of terrible. So thanks to us watching lots of Colts games and lots of Colts playoffs games, if I had to pick an AFC team to root for, it's Indy. So there these matchups are always kind of bittersweet for me. You can imagine what the Super Bowl was like back mm-hmm. in uh, <laughs> 2006. I mean, first of all, we didn't watch the game together. That would have been a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> and second of all, it was like, hey, Peyton got his, ra- his ring finally. I'm so happy for him, the bastard. You know, <laughs> he had to beat the Bears to do it, though. Like, really? Yep. Come on. Yep. So – uh, so him watching him with Denver when that second one was watch it was nicer for me than watching him win against the Bears in the yeah. Super Bowl. So, but um, so you're a new to the show, you're a new guest, a new friend of ours. So I have my three questions for you. Uh, question one: Where are you from originally? Question two: Where are you now? And then three: Your favorite moment as a fan of the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. So. Um funny story i am from converse indiana which is in uh the northern portion of indiana there, kind of in between indianapolis and fort wayne and now i am in amboy indiana which is just five minutes up the road uh so so didn't travel too far uh from where i grew up so that's nice gotta you know keep the same friends everything like that uh and then my favorite memory as a colts fan I feel like would have to be freshman year when I went to Butler University uh, before school started. I enrolled in this sports town program where you took a week before everyone moved in and you got to move in early and then you got to tour all the sporting venues and and saw how much of a a sports city that Indy is. And one of the stops was Lucas Oil Stadium. And we got a behind the scene tour, got to go in the locker rooms, you know, see where where everybody kind of hangs out and how they do the the day-to-day operations for the games and and being in that locker room and and just all that stadium is and seeing awesome and it gives me more of a appreciation as a fan you know and they were like telling us where Peyton Manning's locker was and all these other players where their lockers would be so that was that's probably outside of like yeah like attending a game I feel like that was that was much more impactful to me sure sure I'd have been all over something like yeah. that that's yeah. That's awesome to go around the, the the different sporting venues. And, you know, I don't get out to many uh, games, so I've only seen a handful of stadiums. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I was at the original Soldier Field. I actually watched Walter Payton play in person when I was oh, a nice. kid. And, um, you know, I went to the RCA Dome before they tore it down. Actually, mm-hmm. when I went to the RCA Dome, you could see they hadn't finished, like, covering, the, covering Lucas Oil. You could see into the stadium like we're walking to our seats you could see into like one of the windows like or actually it was like one of the side walls wasn't done yet but you could see into uh the stadium that was back in 06 when they did that and, and so obviously i've also been to lucas oil as well i've been to detroit uh ford field that place is a dump by the way yeah. and <laughs> um i've been to st louis uh so what was um where the Rams uh, used mm-hmm. to play. So I've only been to a handful of different venues, and by and far, by far and away, Lucas Oil is the a most amazing stadium I've ever been to. And it's deceptively large on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was the first thing that really, I was finally really kind of taken aback because it's got this basic red brick exterior, 
uh, to it. It doesn't look like much, but then you go inside and it's just, it is massive on the inside, you know, just like from the outside, you kind of wonder how they fit a football field in there. And then you walk inside and it was kind of like, you know, like the original Willy Wonka where he opens that little tiny door and it's this vast (laughs) expanse with, you know, it's like, good God, what's, what kind of, you know, uh, you know, wonder of engineering was this place to look like (laughs) nothing from the outside, but look like this gigantic, you know, chasm on the inside. I was blown away by it. It's a beautiful, beautiful stadium. Yeah, I, I've never heard it explained that way, but that absolutely, like, perfectly hits it on the point. Uh, but I've always thought it's it's much deeper than people think it is. So like, oh, yeah. it, it sinks down a lot from where you enter on yeah. street level. And I think that's what that's what threw me off initially. It's just how deep it is. And and you know the the retractable roof and and windows were were pretty cool at the time. And then now you see uh, some fans are complaining about it because apparently receivers can't catch the ball in the sun. So, uh, but but I think it's 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 still pretty cool to have. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, fans will find something to complain oh, about. Oh, always, so, always. But uh, so let's talk about these uh, this, these first three games uh, for the Colts. I mean, I've kind of been talking about them all season with my buddy. And um, first of all, what happened in, in Jacksonville? I mean, was it just like the, the week one thing where it's just like some one team was more ready than the other? Was Gardner Minshew that good? I mean, he was 19 of 20 in that game, which is bananas. Uh, in yeah. an NFL contest, but it's like, what was it that kind of went wrong week one that you guys walked away with a loss against the team that it's like nobody's going to lose to the Jaguars this year, and then week one the Colts lose to the Jaguars? Right. It was. I think it took us all by surprise on the podcast. You know, my host and I, we were talking about it, and we we're like, we just hope this isn't a trap game. Like we've had terrible luck in Jacksonville, terrible luck on the road to open the season, and we we're just like, we just hope this isn't a trap game. But we were feeling pretty good about it, and then you just see what what unfolds in Jacksonville. And you know, there's a multitude of excuses that we could blame this on. Uh, we we've heard, you know, no preseason games, players don't get sure, to sure. to mesh well together, and I. Th- I think that's partially true with the unit that we had. We brought in some big key pieces on both sides of the ball that, you know, didn't get those preseason games to kind of learn the ins and outs of the returning players. Uh, But also we suffered a huge injury right almost out of the gate uh, with Marlon Mack going down and, and now is out for the rest of the season. And, I like to think of, of that injury was kind of a turning point and it just shocked. I think the rest of our team, uh, because everything after that was completely different, a play calling everything. I mean, Phillip rivers threw the ball 41 times and, and it was just a catastrophe. So, uh, there's a lot of excuses we can point to, but we were definitely on paper, the better team that game and, and honestly should have won, but Minshew had a good day. Jacksonville had some guys step up on both sides of the ball. So it's, it's rough, but, uh, but I think we've been, were you guys were you guys turning the ball over in that game? Because statistically, aside from the nineteen for twenty, Minshew only threw for like a buck ninety and a, and like one touchdown or something like that. So, right. where did all the right. points come from? Yeah, so I we did turn the ball over twice. Um, Philip threw two interceptions, I believe, and it just came from our inability to to capitalize on anything. It was just we'd we'd start having a drive and then it would fizzle out, and then you know. We, we would have questionable calls on fourth down. We know Frank Reich loves to go for it, but just sometimes we, we elected to go for it instead of getting the points. And, and there's just a, a lot of things that just did not go right with the game plan. And it, it's hard to pin it on one specific player uh, because, I mean, if they're telling Rivers to throw the ball, he's got he's to gotta do what he's being told. Uh, and I think we were a little unsure of Jonathan Taylor at that point. 
as committed, I think, to the run game after Mac went down as we should have been. Right. So you 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 brush that one off. You you week two you come in and you're at home this time. So yep. no more road jitters. You got right. that first game out of the way, which basically everyone was kind of treating as the preseason uh, game, you right. know. And uh, so you you know obviously you don't get the result that you're looking for. Um, you come home and it's Minnesota, and all off season, you know, as a Bear fan, I watch closely what my other you know uh, division mates are doing sure. all off season. I've been fighting the feeling that it was going to be a rough year for the Vikings because they lost five starters on defense. And because of their salary cap issues, they could only replace them with draft picks. So these might be talented kids, but no, no OTAs, no mini camps and, you know, barely a training camp as far as contact right. and no preseason and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be rough for, for, for Minnesota, these inexperienced kids literally having zero experience in an NFL game coming in week one. And, uh, you know, they got rolled by Green Bay week one, and then they go into mm-hmm. the Indy, and, you know, you put up 28 on them, and the defense completely shuts Kirk Cousins and company down, only allows oh, yeah. uh, 11 points. Now, I thought you guys had a good chance to win the game, especially after what we saw Green Bay do to Minnesota uh, at home uh, week one, but I didn't think you guys would dominate the Vikings the way you did. Right, and and there's about half of us on the on the team at Colts for all here that, me being one of them, that thought the Vikings were going to win. Sure. Just from what we saw out of the Colts team from week one, we were like, we have no idea what to expect in week two. We had all these expectations and, and promises about this team that we just didn't see in week one. But then, yeah, absolutely, come out in week two and just bounce back in a great way. Uh, and it was really reassuring because, you know, like I said, we had the injury to Mac, and, you know, early in the game we lost Paris Campbell, then Bleak Hooker went down luckily Xavier Rhodes kind of stepped up and you know Rocky Sin was out with an illness so we kind of had some injuries that that popped up early but we're still able to get the job done and I mean we, we were we were needing our secondary to step up especially and and that really showed out in that game Xavier Rhodes kind of started his trend upward there uh and our offense like I said they were able to run the ball first I mean Jonathan Taylor rookie running back had his first hundred yard game and his first career touchdown in his first career start so uh you love to see that and just the way that we were able to set the tone early I think was huge with the running game like I mentioned because that opened up everything else for our offense you know Rivers cut his passing attempts in half, uh, or by or by more, honestly, and and that's the kind of offense that that we need to run going forward. Phillip throws it around twenty-ish times, and we run the ball the majority of the time. Yeah, that's definitely what you want to look for there. You definitely want to balance it out mm-hmm. uh, with Rivers. I mean, this is a guy that for the majority of his career played with Ladainian uh, Tomlinson, yeah. so he's not yeah. used to going out there throwing it sixty times a game. Uh, right. and things like that he's always had a pretty decent running back uh, backing him up uh his entire time in san diego slash los angeles so um you know getting that for him especially at this stage of his career yeah. not relying on philip rivers is going to benefit him uh as the season uh goes along and then you want to talk about trap games you're at yes. home again <laughs> you have literally the worst team in football coming into town uh, you know, to face you guys. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, this is embarrassing. I mean, I know you're a younger guy, but they were horrible in the '90s, and they looked worse so far from what I've seen from them. Uh, you know, this year, it's not good at all. And um, 
aside from spotting them an early touchdown, it like went downhill for them after that. And it was just like you guys seven seven and then twenty nine unanswered points and you even throw another safety uh in there. You got one against the the Vikings yeah. the week before, you throw in another safety and you know, just like that, it's a thirty six to seven utter domination of the worst team in football, doing what you're supposed to do against a team like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, my biggest fear as a Colts fan was, was just we're notoriously known for playing down to competition. And I was mm. like, oh, great. Here we go again. We're going to play down to the Jets and it's it's going to be bad. But uh, no, but we, I mean, we, play, we stuck to our game plan, played our game. Again, Xavier Rhodes stepped up. We had three interceptions, two for pick sixes from a questionable secondary unit uh, that, that we just weren't too sure how they were going to perform. And I mean, another thing I would mention, though, our defensive line had a ton of pressure throughout the game. Only two sacks, one of which, like you mentioned, for a safety. I mean, Sam Darn in the pocket and get out. But, I mean, against, you know, half the other quarterbacks in the league, those are sacks. So I feel like our defense uh, really stepped up their game in week three. And, yes, it has to be discounted a little bit because it was against the Jets. But it's it's reassuring to me to see that we can execute our game plan and that we're not going to play down to competition. We were able to to still run the ball with, with moderate success. It wasn't as good as the Vikings, but but I'll take it. And we were just able to execute our game plan. And we had guys trying to fill in for these injured players that that stepped up and and I also that was reassuring to see moving forward because for some reason we just keep kind of getting these sporadic injuries but it's good to know that we have a pretty deep roster this year. See, the reason I don't discount the victory is because of the final score. You know, if it yeah. was 36 yeah. to 28, then you discount it. Then you kind of eked out a win over it's like how did you let the worst mm -hmm. team in football score 28 points on you? But like I said, it's after spotting them an early touchdown 36 to 7 you just rolled the Jets right. when they're the worst team in football that's what you're supposed to do to teams uh like that so that's that's why I was I was um let's say satisfied with the win yeah. uh, over the yeah. Jets because it was you you know they are far beyond you know known as the worst team in the league so far right. uh this year and it's going to take a lot for them to lose that moniker as we go go through the season here and to be able to beat them up at home and come out with a result like that that's what's supposed to happen when you think mm -hmm. you're a pretty decent football team that stumbled week one rebounded in week two and you get you know you drop the hammer on the bad teams like this that was what you're supposed to do and as a you know a Colts fan over the years I know exactly what you're talking about when you talk about playing down uh, to your competition I've seen plenty of yeah. games yeah. Uh, like that even during the Peyton era where it's just like how is it that they're still in this with uh, with the Colts I don't understand yeah. you know it's Makes like no Peyton's sense. Peyton's playing like a madman yet we have to keep scoring in order to to stay ahead and, and things like that so it's just like I know exactly what you mean but this wasn't one of those games or at least not after that early 7-7 tie right right yeah, no, they completely turned things around, and and it's it's great to have this kind of motivation early on in the season because you want you want to just keep stacking these wins and and get the defense especially feeling like they're doing and and come out each and every day with that confidence. I mean, we have great motivators, but there's only so much you know these motivators can do. If we started our season one and two or zero and three, you know we're up two one now. We just need to continue that that high energy that we have. Yeah, and, and like I mentioned at the top, you're the first team that we're facing this year. We as in the Bears that has a win under their belt yeah. uh, already. Our our three opponents are combined one and eight with the 
Lions finally wrangling a win against the Cardinals out of nowhere uh, yeah, last week. Big surprise. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, them winning that game was, was a huge surprise on the road at Arizona on a 12-game losing streak, 11-game losing streak carrying over from, from last year. They finally win one at Arizona, who couldn't have come out any hotter in those first two games than they could have. And then they lose at home to the Lions. It's like, okay, so what's going on with Arizona then? But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting because no one's talking about – because our first home game of the year was against the Giants. And, you know, they got smashed up pretty good by the Steelers uh, week one. <laughs> We're not as, you yep. know, good as the Steelers at this point in the season, but felt like we should have a similar result. And this thing went down to the wire uh, with the giants, which is why, you know, even though the bears are three and O they're still like in the bottom half of the league in the power rankings, because nobody yeah. trusts them. Yeah. Nobody trusts them. And here we are with you guys coming in on Sunday and your favorite on Sunday to two and a half points. So it's not much it's, but it's your road favorites coming into soldier field on Sunday. That's the, that's the consensus on the Bears right now is that they can't be trusted even at home. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the game uh, turns out because if I had a concern, and like you said, you wish you ran the ball better against the, uh, the Jets on Sunday. You ran it yeah. fairly well against yeah. the Vikings the week before. Um, it is the running game that worries me for the, for the Bears, especially when you have road graders like Quentin Nelson uh, blocking mm-hmm. uh, for you guys, and seems like Jonathan Taylor's kind of getting his feet uh, underneath him, and you know we can we get gashed in the run. So it's not like oh we gave up four yards here, five yards there. It's like no, we're giving up eighteen, twenty five. <laughs> there was a thirty five yard touchdown run on Sunday. You know we made Adrian Peterson look like a young man again, week one yeah. uh, with the Lions. Yep. You know, and Saquon's back up when he came in. He's gashing us for eight to ten yard runs and things like that. They always seem to bottle it up, but there's always that moment where our guys seem to not be in the gaps they're supposed to be in, and boom, somebody rattles off a 16-yard uh, run against us, and that's the one thing that I'm more concerned with is you guys establishing the run and then using play action to bleed us to death as the game goes along. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we saw a little bit more of that play action in week three, especially uh, one of the first passing touchdowns that Rivers had where, you know, it was like we were on like the one or two yard line stacked up in a run formation. And I mean, the Jets absolutely were sold on the fact that we run the ball and and then Phillip looks up and finds, you know, Mo Ali Cox in the back of the end zone. So I'm hoping that that we can keep up that kind of pressure. And, you know, we have three pretty good running backs that you're not going to get the same thing from each one because like Jonathan Taylor's that power back the bell cow I mean he's inviting the contact Jordan Wilkins is is kind of like that but I look at him as as more of a kind of a slasher and then you have 19 Hines who's just going to give you whatever you need so I'm really excited especially for this running back core to see what they can do I'd love for Jonathan Taylor to have another 100 yard rushing game I think that would just be huge getting him more confidence moving forward he had a little bit of trouble of of kind of finding the right cut uh, so I think if he can improve on his vision in this game and, and just take those little steps forward, I think is going to be huge for us. And, and like you said, it opens up play action and everything else. So let's talk about the the defense a bit. I mean, you had that performance week one against uh, Minshew, gave up 27 points, and then combined in the last two games, you've only given up 18. So what changed from week one to the last two mm-hmm. weeks? 
I think it's uh, I think it was motivation. Honestly, it was I think that we came into week one thinking that, okay, we're the better team. You know, we just will do what we need to do. And they just didn't have the motivation, didn't have the drive to get it done. And then when they looked up, they're like, oh, man, we're down and and just couldn't battle to get back once Minshew kind of went off. Uh, You know, in week two, we saw tighter coverage, more focused pressure, uh, more uh, kind of a variety of pack. later Matt Eberflus so I think that that going forward our team is ready now they're in the right mental space we're playing tight coverage these veteran corners that we brought in to to kind of mentor some of these young guys are showing us that that they still have that abilities that they had uh in in previous seasons and I think our defensive line is is yet to really unlock what they can do like I said with the Jets it was just so hard to bring Donald or Darnold down I think if if they can just keep stepping up we got so many guys that we can pop in on sub packages and everything else so I'm really excited for this defense and and they just had to get refocused and recentered and I think they've really done that over the last two weeks and Darius Leonard is back to being a beast because I know he kind of had an off season in his in his sophomore he had his sophomore slump last year I mean the team had a sophomore slump just like the Bears. yeah I compared the Colts and the Bears they were the same team last year because 2018 great success made a playoff run go you know looking forward to 2019 and what's ahead and then just you know like yeah. pretty much from the go. Yeah. It just like wasn't the year that we all wanted it to be for the Bears or for the Colts. Guys that played well in 2018 weren't up to snuff in 2019, and your record reflected uh, as such. So now that we're back, it's 2020, it's a new year. We got all that nonsense out of the way. You know, mm-hmm. back to defensive rookie of the year form. Yeah, I would think so. I think he's he's still got a little bit more to go, but we saw kind of flashes of his of his big play mentality, I think, in the Jets game. I'm looking for him to get more involved in the turnover game here and in coverage because, you know, he's he's notorious for, for snagging it away. I just we haven't quite seen that yet. And especially with the addition of DeForest Buckner, I think that opens up a huge lane for him to come in and, and start blitzing more or start just getting in the backfield and really disrupting the run game. Nice. And how how did you feel about the move uh, for Buckner, giving up the first round pick, giving him the, you know, top defensive player type money, 20 million a season, that kind of thing? What were your thoughts on that when it went down over the offseason? Yeah, so I was really excited for it, and I was like, ooh, first-round pick. But then when you were able to see what the Colts still got in the second round with Jonathan Taylor and, and Michael Pittman Jr. and then Julian Blackman in the third round, I, I was pretty happy with what we were able to haul in from the draft. And then you get a guy like DeForest Buckner to come in here and, and continue to bolster this defensive line. And the biggest thing for me is – he just draws that attention. He's that star figure that teams are going to have to try to double cover, and that opens up everybody else on our line. So you guys, you have guys like Justin Houston on the edge, Danico Autry, Taekwon Lewis, uh, Al-Kadim Muhammad, guys that last year kind of struggled to get going because they could single cover him. Now you have DeForest Buckner that just demands that that consistent pressure and commands that attention, and it frees everybody else up. So I really think you know if, if he has – if he, even if he has an okay to good season and our other kind of secondary players can step up and have better seasons than they did last year, I think it's well worth it. If, if he can have a great season, then that's just, you know, icing on the cake for me because I think I've seen his name pop up as much as I'd like to in the first couple weeks, but it's the it's what he does that doesn't show up in the box score. Like I said, opening up lanes for all these other guys to get in that I think I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, those kind of those guys, you know, especially when you bring them in with a move like the one uh, that you guys made, giving up that top 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it w- and it was a it was a high pick, thirteen that you gave up. Yeah, to, thirteen to yep. bring him in. So that's a steep, steep price. But it was like a straight yeah. up, you know, thirteen for DeForest Buckner straight up. You're not giving up additional picks or, or anything like that. You give him the big money. You guys have plenty of salary cap space to take care yep. of that. So yep. you know, there's really, you know, not as much risk involved. And and I also guess uh, you know Ballard kind of came to the conclusion that. He's he's better than what we'd be able to get at 13 to fill the need, you know, to, for what he's going to do. Right. We can't get that at 13. So right. let's just go ahead uh, and, and and make the deal. So, you know, yeah, I mean, go ahead. If you want to look at it, I mean, Buckner's good right now. And I think if I'm if I remember right, the 49ers ended up taking a defensive tack, tackle Javon Kinlaw. And not that Kinlaw's not a great player, but he's a rookie, and you're just not entirely sure what he could do. I think the Colts, you know, made made the better of the decision here. It's like you get a guy, you're in kind of the win now mode. You get a guy that you know is going to give you production now instead of a rookie that might take, you know, two or three years to to unlock his potential. So, yeah, I think you know for for where the Colts are at right now, I think that that it was a pretty even trade. Yeah, we get that a lot here in Chicago about the um, <laughs> about the Khalil Mack trade because yeah. obviously year yeah. one. That could not have gone any better than it did. You know, mm-hmm. the defense top, you know, top tier. That you know, you you can argue no one else had a better defense than the Bears in 2018. And then last year was tough because Mac was still yeah. being Mac, but everyone else around him wasn't playing well. So it's like he was getting double teamed. Like you were just talking about how Buckner can eat up people, and everyone else around him has the chance to get better. That wasn't happening. Uh, for the Bears last year. Guys like Leonard Floyd were not stepping up. Akeem Hicks uh, was hurt. Eddie Goldman is more of a run stopper. He's not a pass rusher, you know, and it's just no one else was stepping up to make up for what we were losing with all the attention that Mac was being paid, and that was one of the more frustrating things. And still, somehow, we had a top-five scoring defense in the league <laughs> yep. last year. We were still being stingy with points, losing, winning and or losing uh, close games. Our defense kept us in every single one and you know Mac wasn't as big a part of it statistically as he would have uh liked to be but he, you know he was doing his part he was playing his role it was just everyone else around him was kind of lacking in in uh stepping up along uh with him so if like you said if maybe Buckner isn't lighting up the the stat sheets he's doing stuff you can't put on the stat sheet because he opened things up he opened this lane for Darius Leonard to blitz yeah. and you know take out the quarterback yeah. and uh, and things like that, and that's what you're looking for when you make that kind of investment in somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, podcast with the Bears fan here recently, and I was asking him about like, are you happy with what you're getting from Khalil Mack this year? And he goes, well, he's not showing up in the box score, but exactly, it's the things he's doing that he's drawing that coverage, he's drawing that attention. It just opens everything else up, and and obviously they're like, you know, we'd like to have more pressure from everyone else, but they're like, you can't complain uh, with what Mack's trying to do right now. Yeah, and then we went out and got him Robert Quinn and right. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you yeah. were in, you were you know, you you said you were excited about DeForest Buckner uh coming in when I heard that the Bears had signed Robert Quinn. I was like, "Whoop, <laughs> there's that." All right. Yep. So, we finally got the other guy for for Khalil Mack, so expect bigger things from Khalil Mack because you actually have someone on the other side that can draw those double teams and and get the attention. Uh, that Mac is is like you know there was no respect for Leonard Floyd 
on the other side. He was very good yeah. against the run. He was actually pretty decent in coverage as well. He was a garbage pass rusher. Garbage pass rusher. You thought that bringing in Mac would make him better. It didn't. He got worse. His his sack totals went down after Mac joined the team, which you I can't wrap my head around how that's even possible. <laughs> You know, right. when he was right. our top pass rusher, he was actually our top pass rusher. Seven sacks, eight sacks in his first two years. In the two years he played with Mac, he had three one year. He had two last year. It's like, what? How? How is that happening? You know, and, and I just I couldn't figure out how it is. And now he's in Los Angeles. He's not with us anymore. The Bears let him go. Yep. So they brought in Robert Quinn. Now we got somebody legit. Uh, on the other side uh, to do that, which is uh, you know only going to make things easier for us on defense. And this past Sunday against Atlanta, we were in Ryan's face constantly uh, in, yeah. in that game. And yep. that's what you want. You don't necessarily need to get after the guy as far as sacking him and things, but you disrupt that pocket and you make him nervous. You get, his, you get the nervous feet going, and mm. then he'll do what he did at the end of the game for us, which is throw that interception that basically put the nail in the coffin. Uh, for yep. him you know he he let a he made a bad throw and he let it sail on him and it went over his safeties over his wide receivers hands and into our safeties ball game bears win you know and uh that's what you want from those kind of uh from those kind of players you know just be disruptive if not you know impactful you know so mm -hmm. it's just uh uh it was enjoyable to uh to watch that especially at the end when we finally got the lead back so yeah um yeah that was uh and that plus was interesting. The, the falcons already have shown that they're continuing their ways of blowing leads now this Ugh. is the the second straight week where they just lose it at the end so uh but no it's it's still good to get those wins over those teams yeah i mean i, I talked earlier about like fighting the feeling that the vikings were going to be a bad team mm -hmm. this year me in the second half was fighting the feeling that history was repeating itself again <laughs> you know yep. Because the Bears did this exact thing week one against the Lions, and the Falcons did this exact thing last week against the Cowboys. It's like, is it yep. is it really happening again? Are we going to overcome a three touchdown or three score lead in the fourth quarter? And are the Falcons gonna blow another double digit lead in the fourth quarter? That can't happen this close together, can it? And like, well, oh yeah, I guess it yeah. is because I'm watching it happen when when Allen Robinson scored that touchdown to make it a 26-23 game is like this is this is happening my god this is <laughs> happening I can't believe this and watch the rest of it unfold it's like I'll be damned they both yeah. did it again so yeah. you know okay I guess so but uh <laughs> hey guys gonna take a quick break to thank our sponsors at bet online the wait is finally over and a triple header of fun is upon us this week Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your undercarriage. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. 
The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. The ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. And the Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit also allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if we watch you sniffing yourself. Yes, we will. We absolutely will. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving the front trunk. And with that, let's get back to our show. I had a discussion with the Falcons guy last week and told him that they're – they haven't won a football game yet because now they have the one of the worst uniforms uh, in football. <laughs> There's so, one way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a uniform snob. I've been saying that for years. Some of my listeners get sick of hearing me talk about it, quite frankly. But, you know, they have <laughs> black, red, and white are their colors. It's yeah. like, how do, you, how do you screw that up? You know, how do yeah. you make that look like the most basic, boring uniform? It looks yeah. like that. That's exactly what it looks like right there. And they're zero and three. It's like for me, that's not a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. <laughs> that is, you know, look good, play good. These boys don't mm-hmm. look good. So yeah. one of the things I've always yeah. loved about the Colts and the Bears, teams like the Packers, have always kept that kind of classic look that basically in any era mm-hmm. seems to look modern to me. Now, granted, blue and yeah. white, quote unquote, a little boring, but otherwise, it's a classic yeah. look. And especially the road whites you guys are going to be wearing on Sunday. I mean, that's that's traditional Baltimore, mm-hmm. Baltimore slash Indianapolis Colts right there. Yeah, so, and and you know it's it's refreshing to see because you don't have to update your wardrobe much. It's no. you know if you have a shirt from about five seasons ago, you're probably still okay to you know to wear it around and not look too out of ordinary. Um, the color rush jerseys are those are a little interesting, much much more brighter than than what we're used to seeing. But no, I love the keeping it traditional, keeping it classy, uh, especially from this kind of organization. Yeah, you know, and then the Bears are the are the same thing. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, uh, same uniforms, the the style of numbers. No one else yep. has them, you know, and just the, the colors work well together, and it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I'm super biased, of course, but it's just you know, they took a poll <laughs> a couple of years ago. The Bears had the second best uniform in sports. So, you know, wow. somehow behind the Montreal Canadiens, I don't know how that worked out because wow. I don't I don't think that Montreal Canadiens have the best uniform in sports. But according to that poll, the Bears were two behind Montreal. Like, all right, number two out of all the four sports, I'll take it. So Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> yeah, take that for sure. So so looking forward to this uh, Sunday, you guys are coming in, and you know, you're know you on this two-game winning streak after the 
we'll call it a fluke loss to the to the Jaguars since sure, they haven't won sure. a game since they beat you guys. Yeah, and that's what I'd like to call it. <laughs> okay, great. And here we coming in with uh, <laughs> the three and O team that should, by all rights, be zero and three right now. By basically, like we should have been zero and one. DeAndre Swift dropped that touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. We could have been zero and you know a one and one or zero and two if you want to look at it that way. Uh, with the Giants, uh, you know, because the call at the end of the game, some people thought it was offensive. It got called as offensive pass interference. Could have been defensive pass interference if you want to be picky about it. And then last week, the I mean, the Bears won that game more than the Falcons lost it, but seriously, a, a three-score lead going into the fourth quarter, yeah. you're going to let that go. So, yeah, we're 3-0, and <laughs> but we're not scaring anybody. Uh, proven <laughs> by the fact that I mentioned earlier, you guys are two-and-a-half-point uh, favorites coming in yeah. uh, on yeah. the road. You know, what are you guys on on your side of things looking at for Sunday? Yeah, so so absolutely, we're looking at the quarterback play from you guys. Honestly, at least that's what I'm watching for because it was kind of a an awkward transition, I'd say, when you went from Trubisky to to Foles in no, that last awkward? game. Come and on, it wasn't awkward. I, you know, come on. Eh. <laughs> from an outsider, um, sure. Uh, but uh, I was, you know, just with the history that Frank. Greg has had with with Nick Foles and everything like that. I'm not sure if that helps us or hurts us. So so I'm I'm trying to look at that matchup. I'm also trying to see like we talked about earlier our run game against your defense. I really want to yeah. see uh, what we're what we're able to do. And lastly, here I just want to enter without any injuries and oh, enter sure. without injuries, exit and and leave healthy because we just had injuries pop up right minutes before the game. We've had injuries that we thought were okay and then in the middle of the night required surgery. Uh, so I'm honestly hoping we can just you know, above all else, remain healthy moving forward. Are you serious? Like somebody went from being okay to yeah. surgery overnight? What happened oh, yeah. There? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, our rookie wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr., in week three against the Jets, uh, in the second quarter, he injured his ankle, and it wasn't a big thing. Like, he just went to – I think he went to the locker room just a couple minutes early before halftime. He finished the drive and everything, whatever. Comes back out, plays a couple minutes in the third quarter, and they just don't – they kind of sprinkle him in, but nothing like – nothing out of the ordinary and he leaves the game nothing said about it in the post-game press conference the next morning you see michael pittman jr is out for at least three weeks or so uh because he just had surgery on his leg and you're like what happened so apparently that night you know the trainers cleared and they iced it whatever he went home and he's like man i'm still having pain so he called up the trainers the trainers called the doctors and apparently he had compartmental leg syndrome which oh, i guess right. is, i heard is, about is that that was thing. pittman yeah yeah yeah, and if it's not treated immediately, you could uh, it impacts your nerves in the legs, and it can yeah. cause permanent nerve damage. Uh, so they jumped on that immediately. I mean, he went from after the game was at home for a little bit, went immediately into surgery, and was out of surgery by morning, and and now he's out for for the next couple weeks. Um, so that one that really snuck up on us. And then you know, in week two, we had Rockus in just pop up on the inactive list literally minutes before the game and had to be hospitalized uh, with a stomach illness. So and he's still, he's practicing, but not, you know, back to his full self yet. So we just had kind of these random injuries sprinkled into all the ones that happened during game time. And you'd, you'd like to see us avoid that. Hopefully. Sure. Sure. I mean, the bears have been relatively lucky uh, with that right. thus yeah. far. I mean, yeah. Khalil Mack's been nursing uh, a knee injury, but he's played uh, every snap mm-hmm. possible. Uh, so far, and obviously our first big loss was this past Sunday when we lost Tariq Cohen um, right. on, yeah. a, on a punt return. Uh, according to the referees, somebody was pushed into him and tore his ACL yeah. when, he, when he crashed yeah. into him. 
uh, and everything. So something that looked benign turned out to be disastrous uh, for us. We've been rather, rather lucky uh, in that arena so far, but Mm -hmm. it's like going into week one. And I mean, I think I even tweeted this out like weeks before the season started. I was like, how many people are expecting essentially a bloodbath week one when these guys have to go from zero to 60? Um, yeah. To start the year. Yeah. No, no. You know, because the CBA in 2011, I mean, I do you know who Emery Moorhead is? So the name sounds familiar. I just yeah, can't he, place. He it. played for the 85 Bears and okay. um, he actually is an alumni of my high school. So I was able to oh, nice. kind of use that to entice him to come on the podcast. So I've had a chance to talk to him <laughs> a couple of times. Awesome. And he and I but were both talking about the like you saw. I don't have the stats to back this up. It's more of a feeling that when they signed that new CBA back in 2011, where they went from limiting to like 14 contact practices for the season, then all of a sudden you've got football players that aren't practicing football anymore. And they're going out and playing full steam, the biggest, strongest, fastest athletes on the planet. And you're surprised that injuries all of a sudden went up. You know, guys not, yeah. not guys not tackling in practice, coming in with lousy form, you know, putting their heads down and getting their necks cranked and and things like that. Um, you know, tack tack that on to what's going on this year with COVID. You know, very little contact. These guys are socially distancing in practice and uh, mm-hmm. and things like that. No preseason, no nothing. And then week one, Bears, Lions, Colts, Jags get you know you're getting paid. Go out there and do yeah. it. And, you know, yeah. it's like, how do we not expect there to be like 80 body bags on each sideline by the end of this, by the end of each game? And week one was pretty benign as far as injuries yeah. overall throughout the league. Yeah. Then week two happened and people started oh dropping gosh. like flies. It's like, OK, this is what I was expecting last week. This guy with a torn ACL, this guy is yeah. like one catastrophic injury after another. Uh, out there and then it kind of you know some some more things happening the Bears openly affected with with Cohen having his injury more of a freak thing but nonetheless it still happened you know so it's just like depth is going to be so important this year Mm -hmm. because I kind of feel like with the lack of these guys bodies probably a lot of them still aren't football ready yet and we're a month into the season uh, so far so I mean because that was one of the big points that that Emery and I agreed on was that you know, there's a difference between being in shape and then being in football shape. You know, like mm-hmm. if, if you played football, you notice like the first couple of weeks when you're in camp, when you're getting ready for the season, especially me as an old offensive lineman, my arms, my forearms and all that kind of stuff for the first six, seven days covered in bruises, covered in bruises because I'm banging my arms into helmets and shoulder pads and, yeah. and things like that. But it's like watch me throughout the rest of the season not another blemish on my because my body's used to it now my body's used to the contact and these guys are far bigger far stronger you know far faster than I ever was in in high school going against guys equally stronger faster uh bigger and it's just it's it was a disaster waiting to happen I'm surprised it hasn't been worse than it's been like week two was catastrophic essentially week three not as bad but we're still seeing guys uh dropping I mean injuries that's part of the life when it comes to football right. but to see right. it happen the way it did week two you know I expected so much worse yeah and and the scale I would say is the big thing just how many injuries occurred across 
all these different teams, but also the guys that went down. They were yeah. like your big name, like Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Nick Bosa, Solomon. I mean, these are big guys that went down with with major injuries, and you know, it's it's. I think it's a large part of that. It's just we they just weren't ready. And I do think it's odd that it happened in week two and not week one. I don't know if week yeah. one people were still like kind of butting against it, like not tackling with their full power, not not putting their full strength into it. And then week two, they were like, all right, I think I'm ready to go. Yeah. And that was just not the case. Like, uh, but, you know, and another thing, honestly, that I was I was surprised about is we hadn't had any covid related issues until this week because right. uh, I thought that was going to be a big thing. And then now we see, you know, what kind of transpired with with the with the Titans and I to get to that point but yeah if these injuries keep piling up it's a lot of you know second and third string guys are going to make names for themselves yeah and i i thankfully that thing with the titans turned out not to be as serious as initially reported there are a lot of false positives there so instead of eight people testing positive it was actually just one thank god right yeah Uh, so it's just one guy that they need to and you know it did end up postponing the the game with the steelers uh this week but um We'll see what happens uh, with that. But, you know, not as bad as it was going to be or, or originally mm-hmm. thought to be. But, uh, yeah, because <laughs> we've seen, you know, like with the with the Marlins and the Cardinals in, in baseball, yeah. losing games and yeah. uh, things like that because they had to basically put on an entirely new roster together because 26 guys <laughs> yeah. on the 25-team roster got sick all of a sudden. Um, right. You know, basketball, they pretty much got through unscathed. I mean, they're in the finals, so they're in the home stretch. Same yeah. thing with hockey, yep. relatively good. But it's like football, there are just so many people, you know, yeah. on one team, let alone 32 of them. Right, yeah, so, and, it's, and it was hard to – it was – almost near impossible to try to make football play in a bubble i didn't i didn't see a realm oh, in which that was no going to be a thing yeah. so it's just you're trusting your players and you're trusting the personnel to to take it upon themselves to do everything correctly yeah and football players have always been so trustworthy when you leave things mm-hmm. up to them and you put it in their hands so it's just like yeah oh god this is just i mean uh-huh. well the funny thing is you're seeing it happen in college that yes you know yeah. that we're postponing games we're losing games because so-and-so went out here and went to this party or that one and you know and all of a sudden you got a seven covid case breakout outbreak on your team uh and everything i guess the you know i guess you'd have to give a lot of credit to the veterans who are you know maybe wrangling Mm -hmm. in the younger guys be like just go home just go home absolutely come to practice then go home don't do anything else if you want to play football just go home you know and it's like, yeah, it's not going to be a lot of fun, but just go home. If you want to play football, the most thing, fun thing you have in your life, just go home. And it's just – I guess it's not the message that coaches are able to deliver to those kids in college because they are not doing that. So, no, I, I think you make a great point there. It is the veteran leadership. That's what you lack in college because even if it's a senior talking to a freshman, it's not like they're going to – I mean, the seniors probably not doing that. So uh, I think you you look at the NFL where you have guys that have families, have children, have have a life outside of football that they would like to maintain, uh, but also understand that you know we're getting paid to do this and we need to do this to the best of our ability. And some of these teams are Super Bowl contenders this year, and they don't want to throw that shot away. They don't know yeah. how many years that they have left. So I think it's yeah, it's definitely is the veteran guys you know in the locker room like you're not going anywhere. You know, it's it's here or home. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think it's amazing that we've gotten this far. We're going into week four. Right. We've had one, you know, 
positive case or, you know, confirmed positive case out mm-hmm. of how many people in each organization yeah. and everything. I mean, yeah. we're talking, you know, yeah, there's 53 guys on the roster. There are 16 practice squad guys now. And then you mm-hmm. have God knows how many coaches, God knows how yeah. many trainers, support support staff, people in the building. You know, you got people cooking their food in the cafeteria at the facility and things like that. I mean, it's just an enormous amount of people across the league for 32 organizations. And to me, this is unbelievable that we've gotten this far and we've got one positive case uh, up to this yeah. point. I mean, it's it's amazing. And so, I mean, they they're they they got to be doing the work and telling these guys, yeah. just, just yeah. go home. Go home, come to practice, go home again. We can't go anywhere or do anything still. Just go home. You know, you, <laughs> yep. have, you have Madden. Play your PlayStation <laughs> or your Xbox. Do yep. that. You know, that new Avengers yep. video game came out. Mess around with that for a few hours. I don't care. Go <laughs> home, you know. Yep. So I, th- I think that's probably why we are where we are with the NFL uh, up to this mm-hmm. point, and I hope, I hope that we can keep going, you know, because how many people out there are criticizing the NFL just for having a season? Um, oh yeah, you know, it's like just shut it down like everyone else did. It's like no, we're got nine million bill, nine billion dollars to make this year, so we <laughs> we can't yeah. kind of leave that money out on the table. Uh, so we got to go for it. So, but uh, to, just to get back on track and wrap this thing up, uh, Jacob. You know, I, I am looking forward to this game uh, on Sunday. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Nick Foles is going to look like uh, as the starter with a full week of preparation. Uh, no gamesmanship from the Bears to leave you guys wondering who our starting quarterback was going right. to be, I guess, because he figured you guys right. weren't stupid uh, or anything <laughs> like that. It's like, yeah, we're still thinking about it. It's like, no, you're not. You're not. No. We're no. studying up for Foles. You can go ahead and pretend like like you don't know. But um you know, I'm interested to see what that's going to look like. And I'm interested to see if our defense can step up because we've struggled against yeah. the run and you guys have had you've got a serious serious offensive line and you you know, you got this young motivated kid in Taylor that's running the ball well right now. And like you said, you got three running backs who can, you know, do a variety of things coming out of the the backfield. You got the veteran savvy of Rivers who beat us last year in Chicago with the uh with the Chargers. Um, so, you know, he knows what it takes to win in Soldier Field. I mean, half of it was luck, to be completely honest with you. But he (laughs) won. They won. They pulled the fourth quarter comeback on us last year. Um, so, but it's just like, I'm very interested to see how this game is going to, uh, to work itself out. You know, I'm, I'm, I just, you know, you mentioned that you guys are looking to see what the quarterback play is going to be like. We're in on that with you. Uh, yeah. as well because we yeah. saw what we saw in the last what 20 25 minutes of the game uh <laughs> yep. you know last week and i saw Foles looking for different receivers as opposed to mitch who's lasered in on Allen robinson 99 yeah. uh, yeah. of the time uh i saw us you know throwing i mean ted ginn caught a pass for like 29 yards it's like mitch in the million years would not have been looking at mitt at ted ginn <laughs> coming across the field like that he just wouldn't have seen it and then for me the moment of moments the two-minute warning right before we score that game-winning touchdown Nick Foles tells Anthony Miller in the huddle and this is this is what blew my mind because this is something that would just wouldn't happen with Mitch God bless him but he said if they all out blitz run to the L in the end zone the ball will be there and what happened they sell out for the blitz Foles yeah. actually gets hit as he throws, but where did the ball end up? 
in Anthony Miller's arms at the L in the end zone. It's like, Jesus, that's veteran right there. It's like, that's a guy who knows what he's doing. He told Anthony Miller to run to the L and the ball was there. Give me a break, man. So I know (laughs) I'm just interested to see what it's going to look like from the, you know, from the beginning, you know, how he's going to spread the ball around how the team, because you saw the team come to life when Mm -hmm. he came out there. It's like all of a sudden they were excited and, um, like everybody knew they had a shot to get the ball as opposed to like, well, he's just going to throw right. it to Robinson. So I'm just going to kind of run my route and maybe I'll look for the ball, but it's not coming. Um, so I'm interested to see what that's going to look like. And, and if we can overcome the, the defense that's had a pretty good couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, do you guys put like score predictions? What are you guys looking at? Or is it too early in the week to talk about that? So, so no, actually, I, I finished up the preview article today. We did score predictions, and uh, the rest of my crew, point after we made our score predictions, pointed out the Vegas odds to me and told me how wrong I was um, because they're all relatively high scoring. Um, but I like to go out and make my own predictions. So I, I, I'm going to stick with it, but I'm going 34-28 Colts. I know that's that's well above the over uh, and and what Vegas has, but I just, for some reason, I feel like, you know, we're going to start clicking more on offense and, and Foles is going to figure figure something out there. Uh, I'm just, and, and it's no way like a knock on our defense. I think our defense is going to be great. I just feel like this is going to be one of those games. 34-28, to 28, so that's 62 yep. points. Yeah, and I think 48. Under- yeah, over under I see yeah. on on Yahoo Sports is forty four and a half. Yeah, so nearly go. twenty points over the over yeah. uh, on that one. So that would be a fun game to watch. To be completely yeah uh, honest with you, what I hope, I hope for um uh, over uh, above above all everything here, we're already three and zero. Number one, mm-hmm. if we win on Sunday, I hope it's a hey the Bears won on Sunday, as opposed yep. to what I like to call, yeah, but victories. Yeah, the Bears won on Sunday, but Atlanta blew a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the Bears won against the Giants, but it went down to the very last play, even though they had a two-score lead going into the fourth quarter. And then, obviously, yeah, but DeAndre Swift dropped the game-winning touchdown pass in the end zone uh, in uh, you know for the Lions. I would like to hear the Bears won the game they went out and they did this and there was that and then we won you know 31 to 17 or something like that or whatever it's yeah uh going to be i would like for that to happen b i'd like everyone to be healthy like you said on both sides because like i said i'm a colts guy too but um you know i I would like for the game to be entertaining and as a bears fan i would like the game to be even and what i mean by that is that week one and week three we came out of the gates like garbage for the first three quarters and then showed up in the fourth quarter with these miraculous wins. Week yep. two against the Giants, we come out of the gates. 17-3 to three at halftime, Mitch is sharp slinging it all over the place, and then the second half we had to barely hang on to win the game. So I would like it to be even, like distribute yeah. the goodness yeah. and badness throughout the game. <laughs> So I yeah. don't feel like there's an impending disaster coming or that I don't spend, you know, the the second and third quarter, you know, bitching and moaning in my living room while I'm watching the game. <laughs> I would I would like to just enjoy the game. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like with the way yeah. the Bears have been so schizophrenic so far in these first three games, like the first week one, week three, 
you know, I do this segment on the show. It's called Knee Jerk Reactions. I record like a little two-minute segment between okay. each quarter to talk about what happened, what I think could happen, what we need to do, so on and so forth. Week one, week two, or week one, week three, I'm ready to jump off a cliff after the third quarter. It's like <laughs> we're down yeah. 16, we're down 17. Nothing that they've done today says we have a shot in hell at winning this game. And then both fourth quarter knee-jerk reactions were literally started out the same way. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it because nothing we were doing for the first 45 minutes said we would win in the last 15. Nothing, you know, and then same thing with the Giants. I'm happy I'm on the edge of, you know, you know, practically pissing myself. I'm so happy in the first quarter, you know, 10 points right off the bat. We're, you know, shucking it down the field. The Bears are dominating defensively. Robert Quinn's first game against the Giants, his Bears debut first play from scrimmage he's around the edge strip sack on daniel mm-hmm. jones like there it is that's what we paid the guy for we brought him in there to be that guy for cleo mack and blah blah, blah. then we have to hang on at the you know third fourth quarter it's like i'm not liking this this thing is you know it's <laughs> you know giants are driving yeah we're up 17 yeah. to 6 but if they score a touchdown i don't know and then we literally came down to the last play of the game i would like for it to be an even game where it's just let it go back and forth. That would be fine. Sure. 34 to 28, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Fine. I'm fine with that. Just even as opposed to the extremes that we've had for the first three weeks. So I'm sorry for that little rant, but that's how I feel. (laughs) Going like more than anything, win, lose, draw, I don't care. I just want it to be even throughout the game that it's back and forth back and forth that would be fun to watch to watch the bears dominate for the first 30 minutes and then barely hang on for the last 30 would make me insane so i would prefer to to enjoy my sunday win or lose yeah absolutely i think you bring up an interesting point about the yeah but games because honestly you know in week one when we lost to the jacksonville it was like oh are the jaguars this good or or are all the colts this bad you know and and then week two it's like oh are the vikings this bad and then in week three it's like wow the jets are this bad and it's like no (laughs) nowhere in there do they talk about how good this colts team is so i'm i'm also like yeah, the Colts won, but do we get any of the attention that we deserve? No. Sure, sure. So, uh, so when I when I initially looked at the schedule, you know, I had the Vikings game, and and this game pointed out is like the first real early test of this team before we face like you know the Browns, Bengals, Ravens, Titans coming up. Uh, but then after the Viking game, I was like, oh, that wasn't as as impressive as I as I'd hoped. Uh, so now this Bears game, I'm still, you know, this is this is going to be a true test, I think, for both teams, and it's gonna hopefully for us, it's gonna set the tone moving forward uh, that we can kind of get this momentum like i said after this we have the browns next and then the ravens in a couple weeks and then the titans and and pretty much back-to-back games we have green bay in between them so it's not like we have an easy schedule after this so i'm hoping we can uh leave this game motivated and and ready to take on some tougher competition yeah it's it's going to be uh interesting because when the schedule came out i had a very similar feeling like Mm -hmm. i saw detroit i saw the giants is like well that's two and oh you know, right. it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but we got it. It's two and zero. Oh. And then week three, I was like, depending on which Falcons team shows up to this game, whether it's yep. the one that started one and seven last year or the one that finished six and two, decides whether or not the Bears come out with a win here. And ironically, both of those teams showed up on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, the six and two yeah. team started the game. The one yeah. and seven finished it. So thank God for that. Yep. And you know, it was like the Colts. <laughs> on the other hand. 
I'm very interested in that Colts game because, like I said earlier, the Colts were the, the Bears of the AFC last year. They both had really good 2018, surprisingly good 2018 yeah. seasons, went to the playoffs, and then 2019, high expectations. For you guys, it happened a little sooner as far as, you know, with with luck retiring, you know, basically out yeah. of nowhere and then, yeah. you know, kind of scrambling to put the team together after that and just not being a good year on top of that and and everything. Same thing with the with the Bears, all the hype, all of the, uh, you know, the hundred season of Bears football and, you know, kicking off week one on Thursday night against Green Bay in Soldier Field. Here we go. That's yep. how it went. Just like pretty much all yep. downhill. Uh, from there somehow we managed to go eight and eight last year don't ask me how but we did and <laughs> I think you guys were only a game worse at seven and nine uh last yeah. year so yeah, something like that you know teams very similar last year as far as expectation versus uh reality so I was like I'm very interested to see they made a lot of interesting mm-hmm. moves in the yeah. off season, they brought in Philip Rivers. They have the most expensive backup quarterback in football uh, right now. <laughs> yes. So, yes. but it's very similar to what the Bears. I mean, not as far as salary is concerned, but it's just right. like from QB one to QB two, not that big a drop off. Like you, you're, you yeah. know, like last year when Trubisky went down and Daniel comes in, you're like, okay, well, Chase <laughs> Daniel, you know, he's a decent quarterback. I mean, the guy's twelve years into the league, so I mean, he's got to be good. For got to be good for something you stick around Mm -hmm. for that long and uh you know okay but it's just like now Trubisky goes on the bench we got Foles did we actually get better at quarterback you know and then it's like if something happens to Rivers you got Jacoby Brissett you guys are you guys are going to be okay Jacoby Brissett can play right you know so it's like we're in very similar situations as far as the quarterback goes and then it's just a matter of you know the defense and being able to run the ball and seeing how all that uh shakes out and just like I'm very interested to see how this Bears Colts game uh is going to go because both teams have a lot to answer for from last year. Yeah. Yep. So, we'll find out on Sunday. Yeah. We'll find out on Sunday. So, and it's a bittersweet thing for me cuz even <laughs> if I lose, I win. You know. Right. So, and if I, you or know, it could be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and either uh, way you win. Yeah, but it's just like we've got uh, we got Tampa Bay on Thursday right after uh, you guys. Yeah. So we don't have time to linger on what happens Sunday, win mm-hmm. or lose. So we got to have amnesia and get right back at it because Tom Brady and company are coming to town uh, next oh, yeah. Thursday. So, And that's going to be the first one on national TV on Fox. The funny thing was looking at those Thursday night games, they're getting all the crappy ones out of the way before they yep. throw it on <laughs> network TV on Fox. Yep. Like this week it's Broncos and Jets. It's like, ooh, can't wait to watch yeah. that one. So Especially now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah especially now. So <laughs> it's the Sam Darnold-led, you know, worst football team in the in the NFL versus who the hell's their quarterback now? You know, their, yeah. their third starting quarterback in four games so far yeah. this year. It, it is a disaster for poor Vic Fangio out there in Denver. So, Jacobs, thanks you so much for – for coming on, man. I know that I talked more than you did <laughs> today. Oh, but that's okay, man. I, yeah, I just filled in my my little pieces, man. I love the conversation. This is a lot yeah, of fun. It has been fun, and I appreciate you coming on. Tell us where we can uh, read your work and uh, listen to your show. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter at Mummert M U M M E R T underscore Jacob. 
Uh, you can find us at Colts Brawl on any social media platform at Colts Brawl. It's that simple. Uh, we do a live show at 1145 Sunday mornings. Uh, whether or not the Colts start at one where they start at four doesn't matter. We uh, we kick off a live show to kind of dive into the matchup there, have some guests on. Uh, and then we try to release podcasts uh, twice throughout the week, a recap and a preview. You can find all of our work at www.thebrawlnetwork.com or wherever you find your podcasts. All right. Thanks so much, Jacob Mummer. Appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Sounds great. want to thank my guest, Jacob Mummert, for coming on the show. You can check him out at Colts Brawl uh, on the uh, on the Brawl Network. Yeah, kind of been watching them kind of spring up uh, all over the place on Twitter. It's kind of like the, uh, the Locked On Network. I don't know if they've got everybody covered up to this point, but I think they started with the Bears, like the Bears Brawl podcast, and there's just kind of just like spread out. I'm seeing, you know, Brawl Network all over the place and uh, the Colts being uh, one of those teams under the at, uh, under that umbrella. And uh, <laughs> I, I hope that our Bears dominate the game the way I kind of just dominated that conversation. Poor kid uh, sitting there listening to me ramble on like a moron the whole time. I hope you guys enjoyed it anyway. I had fun talking to him because God knows I love to hear the sound of my own voice, so that worked out great for me. I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Uh, as well and if you do really enjoy the sound of my voice you'll come back tomorrow for the deep dive preview week four between the bears and the colts we'll talk uh, injury reports keys to the game and any news and notes that i can uh scrounge up for you guys as well so uh wanna, once again want to thank jacob mummert from the colts brawl and the, and the brawl network for coming on and uh, helping us preview the game and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the deep dive preview for Bears Colts week number four. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.